0: Well, uh, I'm Captain Rob Dolby, and uh, everyone knows Heather.
1: I'm Heather Dolby.
0: And uh, we met uh, at an urban missions training college the Salvation Army hosted in Vancouver, British Columbia, in Canada called the War College.
1: Yeah, back in 2003.
0: Right. That was a two-year program where young people would come together and live incarnationally. Vancouver is uh, a very unique place. Uh, In the neighborhood, the downtown east side where we lived, uh, that's where um, addiction is pretty prevalent. So the Salvation Army has an urban uh, training facility there where young people would come in the gap year. We would live incarnationally in the single room hotel rooms uh, with the folks we were ministering with. We'd have classes in the morning and do outreach in the afternoon, and it was a, a community, a church plan at the Salvation Army there. And that neighborhood, uh, the downtown east side of Vancouver, uh, that's the neighborhood where I was homeless, experiencing homelessness, and living on the streets. Uh, where I first entered a Salvation Army treatment facility uh, called the Vancouver Harbor Light, and uh, that's so that's the place where literally uh, I went to detox. And uh, I remember uh, showing up at the door. You know, uh, I remember pressing the buzzer and just saying, you know, I have nowhere to go, and I'm ready to I'm ready to do something different. I need help. And then a few minutes later, the door opens, and uh, there's an intake worker there that uh, brings you in and uh, begins that process of detox. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know at the time, but a whole experience that would change my life forever.
1: So uh, we we met um, on the other side of sobriety. So um, Rob and I separately had Jesus experiences where um, the Lord just revealed himself to us in, like, this fresh and living way. Um, neither of us grew up in a Christian home or grew up attending church. Like, it wasn't a thing. Uh, And so it wasn't a big part of my life. And it wasn't something I knew I was missing. But I did identify that I longed for connectivity and for community. And um, when we met, um, we already were clean and sober. But I will say, in retrospect, I realized, gosh, the Lord has... He's just so unexpected. So uh, I had an experience. I come from a family who were supportive, who loved me, but like every family has their problems. And so as I got older and my life started really falling apart, uh, as I made all my own decisions, which were terrible <laughs> decisions. Uh, you know, I was a, I was an adult. Like I was a young adult. I was in my twenties, and I, you know, I had my own business, and I had my own car, and I had relationships, and I had finger quote friends, Um, but I was wrecked and I was drinking heavily uh, just to manage my own life. And I was just like, this can't be what my life is. Like, I just can't continue to do this existence day after day until I die. This can't be all there is for me. And so I remember my grandmother invited me to come to church with her on Sundays and then we'd have lunch together afterwards. And I loved that together time. So I would go to church so I could hang out afterwards and I began to meet people that were nice. I liked them, but I really, uh, gosh, I really believed that if they knew what I was like, like for reals, the rest of the week or the things I did or the choices I made, Uh, Where I hung out on Friday and Saturday nights, they'd be like, yeah, thanks. This is not the place for you. Please go now. And so I would like I had like a double life, you know, and uh, a lot of loving people at that church that I let them see a bit of me, but not the whole because I was afraid of being rejected. I was afraid there wouldn't be room for me. It was a long time to uh, spend believing that was the whole. So. On Sunday mornings, I would, sometimes I'd still be up from Saturday night, not even gonna lie. i go to church, hope I didn't smell like the bar, and nobody would notice. And if it was, this was back, you know, in the early 2000s, but if it was nowadays, I probably would have sprayed myself with Febreze and gone in the door, right, like hoping for the best. But um, I would show up at church, trying to look fancy on the outside, Um, And I would learn to, you know, shake hands and say the prayers. You know, it was a Salvation Army. So when, you know, when we're singing and we all get into it, we start clapping and it gets exciting. And so I loved that. Like, I I felt like I was having an experience different than I'd had before. Um, And people um, were encouraging of that experience. But I was worried about really just showing them all of who I was, not just like the stuff that I thought they would like, but the dark side of me too, right? Uh, because I had not had any spiritual experiences and I didn't know anything about God and I didn't even know if he would want me or if he knew about me. And so, you know, people began to invite me to spend time and hang out and do small groups and get together and I began to make friends and... Um, I enjoyed that part of my life. But the other side, the dark side of me, like with the heavy drinking and the like free relationships where uh, my heart was being just broken over and over again. And I would find, you know, like I got friends in low places. Like that was me where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases my blues away. Me and Garth Brooks were right there. But um, I realized that those two things were polar opposites and I was afraid that people would find out. And I remember it was um, a Sunday afternoon, it was June 2nd, 2002, and I had a lot of, uh, my life was on a downward spiral, and I, you know, I know we haven't mentioned this yet, we met in Vancouver, but we're Canadian, even though we uh, live and work in the United States, and I don't know, not everywhere in the United States has basements. But in Canada, we do almost everywhere, and I feel like there's something about being a grown up and having to move right. back into your parents' basement. Yeah, it's basement. like you know, you
0: hit a certain <laughs> point in life where maybe yes. you know you've lost a job or mo- moving back home into the basement of your parents' right. house. Yeah, you is,
1: hang your head okay. and you trudge down the stairs. You make and that and
0: phone call. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Yeah, how's everything going? Great. Yeah, yeah. but you know, I need uh, to come home. Yeah.
1: I was in my parents' basement, and my life was just falling apart. And I remember I was so desperate for connection. I was calling every guy's number I had just to hook up, just to, like, because I was hurting inside, and I needed somebody to – to. I need somebody and something to push that hurt away because uh, I was just so sad and so lonely and so dissatisfied. And uh, I had already uh, worked my way through a pail of – um, margarita mix, you know, the kind where you, the white pail where you just dump in the liquor and away you go, stir and away you go. And I'd drink the whole thing on my own and I was making all these calls and even the guy that always would answer, even he wasn't answering for me. And that's when I was just like, wow, I'm that girl. I'm like, I'm rejected. Like I am, I am alone. I have nothing to offer. I have like, nobody wants me. And then I was like, why would I even want to live this life? Like this stinks. Especially in light of having this other, you know, this Sunday experience, Sundays and Sunday nights where I would gather with these believers who saw the best in me and loved me and were kind and were warm, were happy to see me. Like, it just made me realize how dark my darkness was when I was with them. And I was just like, God, if you're real, I need you right now. Because I... I don't wanna live this life every day until I die. So if you're real, like, I need you to come and do something. And so, which is so funny, because I feel like I watch movies where that's like in the movie and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Like, he really did. Like, he really did show up. Like, he really, the room, like the basement that I was sleeping in, my bedroom where I was alone, began to fill with this tangible presence. And I was just like, like, listen, I watched a fair amount of horror movies and ghost stuff. And, you know, like sometimes you get that feeling of that there's like something behind you or like you're not alone in the room. Like you get that creepy feel to it. It was like that, but it did not feel creepy. It felt like uh, safe. And uh, I, I just heard the voice of God say to me, Heather. If you give your life to me, I'll make it new.
0: So you're hearing this as like an audible voice? Yeah, I was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, like I was drunk. So <laughs> there's that. But I really like I've really tried to think about over the years because I've, you know, I've told this story before, mm-hmm. Rob, because uh, I love sharing that moment where Jesus introduced himself to me. and was like, surprise, here it? I June, am. June
0: June, 2nd, 2002. 2002. Um,
1: and I've thought like, is it like, did I hear him with my ears? Or should I just say to people, is it more honest to say I sensed him in my spirit? But I really feel like I heard him say, if you give your life to me, Heather, I'll make it new. And I straight up, because like, I'm a keep it real kind of girl. Lord, I said, I can't quit drinking. So like, what use am I to you? Like, I can't stop. And he just said again, if you give your life to me, I will make it new. And I was just like, Okay. And I cried a lot and cried, and then I just began to feel so full. Like, all of a sudden, there was, like, something filling me up inside. And I was like, what is happening right now? And I felt like I was full of light, and there was, like, if I could have looked in the mirror, I felt like there might have been, like, laser beams coming out of my eyes. Like, it was like, I was like, something is happening to me right now. And in retrospect, I know that was the spirit of God, Right, Because it's the promise of all believers um, that we will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that's what was happening in that moment. But I didn't know anything about anything because I was new. And so the very next day, I went right into um, the Salvation Army Church where I'd been attending in London, Ontario. And I marched into that um, corps officer or the, the pastor's office. And I was like... I met Jesus yesterday, and he said that this these are the things I need to do, and so here I am. So what's next? And he was like, well, okay then, let's get to work. And then a few months later, um, I really felt called to go deeper, and that's how I ended up at that War College program, our mission training program, where you and I met.
0: So it's interesting, though. You know, Just a few weeks before that, you're sitting in church thinking, if these people— knew what I'm really like. Right. They they, they wouldn't want me. You know right. they would just tell me to leave. Right. And then after this encounter with Jesus, you're like, can't wait to get in the door. Yes. To go tell them about it.
1: Yes. Because something happened and in in the word of God it says that perfect love drives out all fear. And um I believe that in that moment, like what was happening to me spiritually was so much bigger than the stuff I was afraid of that I was like, I gotta go with that. Like I gotta go with this like like this experience I'm having Having is real and it is like it's unlike anything I've ever experienced and people have to see. And I really felt like people who encountered me, especially in that first couple weeks, were like, what is different about you? Because first of all, that was the that day was the last time I ever took a drink. In fact, it was the last time that I ever wanted to take a drink. Like the Lord just did this beautiful, supernatural thing where He just removed this desire to push my feelings and my hurt and my brokenness away and numb it with alcohol or other substances. It just, He just went boop and took it away in a supernatural way, which I believe He does. And I'm thankful for that. But interestingly enough, and that's why I said, like, He's just so unexpected, Rob, because by the time I got to Vancouver, to that neighborhood, um, to those neighbors, um, to that dark, that spiritually dark place where we began to learn about how to love people with the love of God, but in practical ways. I was clean and sober, like I wasn't using, but I wasn't living life in fullness. And so God did this fun thing where um, I thought I was going to go and offer something and learn something for people. But really, he put me right in the middle of uh, a group of people on a journey to sobriety because we um, in that neighborhood, there's a strong 12 step presence Um there's a strong spiritual recovery community. And so I know the. if I knew at the beginning that that's what was going to happen, I would have been like, yeah, no, I'm good, thanks. But the Lord, he knows how to be tricky with me, and he knows what I need, and he plop me right down in the middle of a community of people on a journey to sobriety. And so I began to learn not just how to not pick up anymore, but how to actually uh, change my behaviors and allow God to transform me by the renewing of my mind so that I could not be a slave to my old ways, my stinking thinking, um, my old behaviors, issues from my past. But um, I began to learn new ways. and I'm really thankful. And that for me is important, because if I had just, like I believe that if I hadn't had that experience, I'd still be clean and sober today. But I wouldn't be who I am now, and I like who I am now. You know I've grown and because I've had people around me who were accepting of my faults, who were gracious, um, when I was a challenge. And who were direct and straight up with me when I was acting crazy and acting out, and um, you and I have talked about it before, but I really believe that Jesus saved me in my parents' basement on June second, two thousand and two. But every day since then, the church, this body of believers, this Jesus family, has held me when I want to cut and run, when I want to, you know, just give up. It's that community of believers that, you know, over years, more people come and people go, but they're the ones that have held me and reminded me of who God called me to be. So I'm right. thankful for that.
0: Also, think about this. Your grandma, right, who really was the person that initiated, hey, you need to come to yes. church, had been praying for you That's right. daily for yep. over 40 years. Yep. And I guess I think about that because people listening and stuff, you know, they might not have the experience where... Uh, You know, one day their loved one had this experience with God and everything is new and everything is uh, perfect or easy or maybe, you know, some people can experience this touch of God that's Mm -hmm. miraculous and supernatural. But then there's other folks that maybe are on a hard journey. I mean, we have friends that uh, love the Lord. That right. have struggled with addiction, that we've right. seen overdose, that we've seen uh, not end up in this place of victory, just struggling and striving. And for a lot of people that maybe have kids or parents or brothers and sisters that are still out there struggling, that's a right. tough one. You know, you hear these mm-hmm. stories of hope, uh, but you're maybe looking at your situation just saying, wow, where is the hope here? And I guess I just think of your grandma for over 40 years daily praying for you, right? So you can say, yeah, it took eight years of going to church. It did. You can say it took, you know, this many months of, you know, gaining spiritual maturity. But it's over 40 years of daily coming to the Lord and, and praying for you.
1: And that's a real gift of love that we give someone when we will choose to persevere. Like despite what our eyes see, despite, you know, the choices somebody's making, Um, in their day to day, to believe in faith that God has something more for them, that they were created for something more, and to pray that in faith.